0: gatherings gathering is going to be a little different than our, our, our normal ones, uh, because given what's happening in the world today, normally at this moment I would invite you guys to uh, stand up and move up closer, and, but we won't do that tonight for obvious reasons. But uh, yeah, I just want to thank everyone for coming, uh, just coming Uh, getting ready for tonight, it it was a unique journey just because of the circumstances. Uh, We had to change venues and the speaker couldn't come. Yesterday afternoon he texted me and uh, our whole leadership team isn't here for different circumstances but a shout out to all the volunteers. I want you guys to know we wiped everything down so you're welcome. Uh, Shout out to the worship team Thank you to the church for opening their doors last minute, but uh, just a little different than our normal gatherings. I just want to share a quick word of exhortation from my heart, uh, just given what's happening all over the world today, and especially in our nation, and this region, and originally I was going to share this on like my Instagram or something last night, and then the speaker texted me that it was better for them to just stay home, and I was like, oh, maybe God was speaking to me for this moment. So. We'll just start from there. I'll just open up in prayer, and we'll just jump right in. But Father, I just thank you right now that you're here, that you want to speak to each and every single one of us, to open up our ears, open up our hearts. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence and your anointing. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. One of my favorite uh, testimonies and stories that I've been sharing, uh, whenever I have a chance to speak and wherever I go, is the story of this pastor by the name of Jeremiah Lanfear? And I talk about him all the time. I probably shared about him here at Pursuit as well. But he was a pastor in Lower Manhattan over 150 years ago. And he started a prayer meeting that eventually led to 10,000 people praying every single day in downtown Manhattan, which sparked a prayer movement all over the Northeast, all over the East Coast, the nation, and ultimately brought a revival to uh, what God was doing. So I want you to hear me. At the peak of this revival, 50,000 people came to faith every single week. Now, because of revival, it it started with this prayer meeting, but when he first started off his prayer meeting, it was a weekly prayer meeting, and they would gather a few people. Eventually, it became a daily prayer meeting of 10,000 people, but the catalyst behind it that, that drove many to prayer was crisis. It was crisis in that hour, in that moment that sparked a revival because people were desperate and they're looking to something greater than what was in front of them and had they had no other choice but to pray. So check this out, in the 1850s, uh, right when the prayer meeting started, many feared a looming civil war that was about to take place. Many lost hope in the church due to false teachings. I was looking it up. I was doing research. There were these people that said the world was going to end in the 1840s, so obviously a lot of disillusionment with religion. And then in 1857, a financial crisis, which was the first world economic crisis ever. You could Google it. It's the panic of 1857. It hit not just New York but the entire world and as a result of it, banks closed, railroad, railroad companies uh, shut down, factories closed, different businesses went bankrupt, unemployment skyrocketed like never before, and desperate people turned to prayer, which birthed revival. So I'm going to say it again. What turned a weekly prayer meeting of a few into a daily prayer meeting of the thousands was crisis. Now, I believe that God is a good God, Amen that he's not the author of COVID-19, he's not the author of sickness or anything like that, but he's a good God that can turn what the enemy meant for evil into good. And in the same way, I know without a shadow of a doubt that revival is coming. I don't know if you believe it, but I believe it. That's why we do what we do. And I know that I know that I know that revival is indeed coming. And it's gonna be a revival unlike any other in human history. I could give even more testimonies and stories of why I believe that, but I heard the sound of revival coming, and I'm not alone. And I know, and this is what I know throughout history, that right before God is about to move, that the enemy attacks. Oftentimes, he stirs up crisis, natural disaster, whatever it might be, but because God is a good God, because he's Redeemer, I believe he will do the same today, amen? That he will do the same And if God can redeem it, how many of you know God can use it? And I believe that God is going to use the circumstances we're in, and and yet again, He'll turn a crisis into a catalyst for what He wants to do. Now, this past week, I don't know if you knew this, but the Jewish community celebrated a holiday known as Purim. I might be pronouncing it wrong, but earlier this week, they celebrated this holiday which was to commemorate God's deliverance from this man by the name of Haman. Right? It's the story found in the book of Esther. So they celebrate Mordecai. They celebrate God who moves behind the scenes and is able to bring deliverance. And they celebrated that this past week. And I feel like in the same way, because I don't know if you knew this, but Esther is the only book in the Bible where God isn't mentioned at all. Right? You can't find God at all. I heard some scholars say that if you do like the acrostic, you could find, you know, Yahweh or something like that. I'm not a historian, so I'll just believe them, right? But one thing I do know is that God isn't found in the book of Esther. But the reason why the Jewish community celebrates is that because God is always there whether you see him or not. He's able to bring deliverance whether you know it or not. And it's in that very same book of Esther, it's that famous phrase, for such a time as this. In the same way, the people of God were facing crisis, they're doom, and God has raised up a queen by the name of Esther. And she's afraid. She's like, I don't want to risk my position right now. I have it kind of good. It's safe at least. And, and her, you know, uncle, cousin, nephew, it's like kind of confusing, right? Mordecai says, maybe God has positioned you for such a time as this. That's when she steps up. She takes a risk. She moves in faith, and God is able to bring deliverance once again in the same way in the face of crisis and looming doom maybe the church maybe the people of God have been positioned once again for such a time as this I believe with all my heart that we are about to enter into the finest hour of the church amen but this is our opportunity to make a difference Because we're called to be different from the world so that we can make a difference. I believe it's in moments like this where God differentiates between pretenders and contenders. Those who are just talking about revival and those who are willing to not just pray, but go and make a difference wherever they go. Because here's the thing, soldiers don't win medals in times of peace. But they don't win medals in times of peace. But what does Second Timothy chapter two verse three through four says? Suffer like a good soldier of Christ. If you're a good soldier, you don't get caught up in civilian affairs because you're trying to please your master. I think there's a lot of civilian affairs right now. You could call it Fox News, CNN, social media, whatever. But we need people who are going to fix their eyes on Christ in this moment. Now, hear me. I'm not trying to over spiritualize this pandemic. I'm not trying to do that, nor am I trying to minimize actual negative impacts and effects that's happening on people's health, their jobs, and even their lives. But I'm really wanting to encourage the people of God not to lose hope in this very moment, but not to miss the bigger picture of what God is up to in this hour. Because like in the book of Esther, we might not see God. We might see all the bad news, whatever, the headlines. But God is surely here, and he's looking for people who will hear him speak. But we are living in dark times, but thank God he has a solution, which he himself called the light of the world. And that's us. But he turns to his disciples, which are you and me, and he says, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Now, in this time, in most sermons, I always say, turn to your neighbor and tell them, that, don't do that tonight, okay? Right? But that's the solution in dark times are people who are the light, which are you and me. This isn't a time where we're afraid of the dark. It's time for us to shine. We're the ones that are called to bring forth life in this moment. So what does that mean practically in this pandemic that we're in? It means that, yes, we are aware, but we're not afraid. We're prepared, but we're not paralyzed. We're prayerful, and we're not panicking. A.W. Tozer says it best, a fearful world needs a fearless church. I love what Bill Johnson says about, you know, all these different things that are happening. It's that, that, that faith isn't the denial of a problem. It's just not giving it significance. It's not giving it a place where it's central in our lives. We acknowledge the reality of what's taking place, but man, we're not governed by that fear. We're not governed by those problems. Romans 8 says, All of creation is groaning for the revealing of sons and daughters. Right now, literally, I think creation is trembling, right? All of creation is groaning. Right? Some of it's like, where's the hand sanitizer? Where's the toilet? Like some of it, that's the groans of the creation right now. But it's ultimately, they're looking for believers to make a difference. Man, I just feel this so, so, so much in my heart right now. Leonard Ravenhill says this, that we don't need a new definition of Christianity. We need a new demonstration. We need people who are going to make a difference in practical ways, but man, even in how we carry ourselves. Because here's good news once again, Colossians 1.27. Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's Christ in you. It's not Christ instead of you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory that the world is looking for. And I believe it's our opportunity, our privilege even, to make a difference in this moment. We were made for times like this, amen? But we were made for times like this. Because I was even thinking this for myself where... Man, I'm praying that God would end coronavirus. I want to go back to living my life. I want to see, you know, more people than tonight. Amen, right? I want to see these things. I want to, but then at the same time, I'm wondering, I'm not praying for an easier life. Because we read stories of heroes in the faith. Like they didn't become heroes of the faith because, man, God solved their problems. It's because they were the solution to the problem they were facing. And I believe in the same way we have that opportunity if we would partner our faith with what God is doing. If we would hear God himself. We were made for times like this to be people of peace who carry his peace. Now in the world, the definition of peace is what? The absence of problems, the absence of conflict. But peace for people in the kingdom is the presence of a God, a good God. That's the peace we're meant to carry. Colossians 3.15 says this, to let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. We're not governed by anything else. Nothing else is ruling except his peace. And you know what kind of peace it is? Philippians 4 says it's the peace that surpasses all understanding. That's the peace that we have. It's the peace that even enables us to sleep through storms. Jesus is in the middle of a storm. Every single one of his disciples are panicking. Have you ever thought about that, moment, about that story? Like most of his disciples are fishermen. They're people of the sea. They're people of being out there boating. I'm sure they've seen many storms before, but for whatever reason, the people who should know the sea better than a carpenter are panicking and afraid. And yet Jesus is the one all the way in the back of the boat. I mean, that's why I love the Bible, because sometimes it includes random details, and you're like, all right, God speaks to me. Because if you look in the account in Mark, the Gospel of Mark, it says that Jesus took a pillow. The Bible writer was anointed to write, he had a pillow. And he took it all the way to the back of a storm and he slept through it. Bill Johnson says this, you only have authority over a storm in which you can sleep through. And I believe God is looking for people who are willing to rest in God, trust in him, and just have faith to believe what he's about to do. This morning, I was on the phone with with Danny, who couldn't come for different circumstances. Shout out to Danny. But we were on the phone together, and we were just praying, and just seeking God, praying over the gathering. And as we were praying, one of the things I was reminded of were different prophetic declarations that was spoken by this prophet named Bob Jones. I mean, he passed away uh, about seven years ago or so, but he prophesied and declared that the 2020s, that would be a decade marked by the rest of God. Now, how perfect is that timing when everyone is panicking that God is wanting people who rest in Him, who press in close to trust in Him? Oftentimes, faith looks like moving in the opposite direction as the world. I'm going to say it again. Oftentimes, faith looks like moving in the opposite spirit and direction of the world. If the world is, is frenzy and they're all over the place, As the people of God, we're still, because we're rested in God. I believe God tonight wants to give all those who came, all those who are watching, all those who will listen, rest and peace to get through this storm, amen. I believe it's God raising up believers who will embrace both wisdom, but also exercise faith. Not one or the other, but both. That, man, we live a life of wisdom but we also live a life of faith. That's what we are about. So what does that look like then again practically? It means bringing our hands together to pray, but also to wash them, amen, right? It means that we don't do laying on of hands. We can stretch them from afar, come on, somebody. I think it's just wisdom and faith together where we'll do all the practical things that's required of us, that makes common sense, But at the same time, not listening to the things of this world. The Bible tells us this, that faith comes by hearing. Then how do you think fear comes in? Come on, let's be real. If faith comes by hearing, how do you think doubt comes? How do you think worry comes, anxiety, all these different things? I believe it's a challenge for us then to have our ears tuned to heaven more than ever before. Because I believe that not only is faith, but it's also wisdom. Right? King Solomon, known as the wisest man to ever live. You know. We all, I think if you've grown up in church, you know the story. God comes up to him while he's sleeping in a dream. He says, what do you want? He asks for wisdom. And because he asked for wisdom, God will say, because you didn't ask for money, because you didn't ask to defeat your enemies, I'll give you everything on top of that which you asked for, which is wisdom. But wisdom is this. If you look at it, it's a hearing ear. It's a hearing ear to the Lord. Why, Proverbs says this, the beginning of wisdom is what? To fear the Lord. Fearing the Lord practically is putting precedence to what He's saying. That our ears are tuned to Him. We're listening for what He has to say. And we have faith to follow through and obey. So I want to really challenge us in this moment to turn our ears to heaven. And I'm closing with this. We're still in the Lenten season. And many of us have fasted. know social media we fasted coffee along with that i want to challenge you in this season to also fast doubt to also fast fear to fast anxiety let's fast these things as well and turn our hearts to god as we continue in this season and i believe god will will tell us what he needs to tell us he'll speak to us he'll position us i'll be honest it would have been so much easier for us as a ministry to not do this gathering. It would have been so much easier if we didn't do it. But once again, you know, as we prayed, as we sought God, we're not doing this to prove a point. We're not doing this to show, man, we have so much faith. We're doing this because we listen to God. He told us to do this. That's why we're doing this for no other reason. Man, there's no point to prove. There's nothing to, you know, show for. We just want to obey God in this season. We want our ears to hear Him. Once again, I I really believe that God is wanting to speak to us in this moment, I believe even tonight, and position us to be people of peace, people of faith, people who make a difference, and that we would carry hope, that we would be people of hope. Because people who have the most hope have the most influence. People who have the most hope have the most influence, and God wants to make us people of hope so we can make a difference wherever we go. So, Father, God, I just thank you right now that you are raising up a people of hope. You're raising up a people of peace. You're raising up believers to truly be the light of the world. God, I just declare right now that coronavirus doesn't have the final say. This pandemic isn't the final. This crisis isn't the end. But, God, we know you will turn this around for your glory, that the best is yet to come that you are not the author of sickness, you are the healer, that you're not the God of of disaster, destruction, or confusion. You're the God of perfect peace. So God, let us be a people that reflect you in this moment. So I just want to invite everyone to back onto their feet. And let's just ask God to fill us with His presence right now. Let's just ask Him right now to fill us uh, with His peace, with His hope, with His presence. And let's just lift Him up. Let's just declare that he's greater than every, every circumstance. He's greater than every fear. He's greater than whatever is happening out there in the world. That we are the solution. We're born for this moment. We're alive for this hour. Thank you, Lord.